Okay, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I have a bunch of notes for this last one, but I kind of don't want to follow them. I'm a little tucked out. Um, so I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I haven't winged, I've never winged something before. Wing, winged it. Uh, <laughs> so we'll consider winging it. Um, and, and if you guys have questions, that would help. Like, like is to, to kind of make it go somewhere. Like, the last talk is supposed to be about functional discipleship. And so, like, the, the gist of this is, it's fine and dandy to say, um, I'm going to follow in the way of the Lord. But that's not always obvious what to do. Um, because our Lord... Um, obviously we have the Gospels, we have the writings, but that doesn't give us necessarily the how-tos of every single thing. So, I have a pointer that I just want to use. Um, right here? Okay. Um, yeah, there's a point in your eyes, whoever is speaking. Um, Sorry, I'm distracted. Um, the Bible gives us the principles, but it doesn't actually um, give us the how, right? Because there's, like, for example, let's say somebody is in a pickle of saying, hey, I, I have a debt of $25,000, but I am married and our family is tight on money and I'm working this job that pays this much um, what do I do? Do I apply like render to Caesar and, and, and say no I need to pay off my loans right now but that might put my family as unable to cope for a couple of months? Do I say like I'm gonna you know give this much towards debt, this much towards my family, and I'm gonna have no money for myself, and, and I'll put up with that. Like, because they're, 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 like a person could be trying to apply the gospel in different ways, but which one is, which one's the right way, um, so to speak. Or, um, someone insults, or someone does something, how do, how do I respond? Right, because you'll have one person saying, no, Jesus said to another cheek, and another person will be like, well, when they struck him, he said this. So which is it? Um, and so it's not easy to just say, well, because I have this book. This is what would drive me nuts like, in the first day as, as anyone in, I mean, it's not just healthcare, it's just that's what I can relate to, but um, where everyone thinks they're an expert. And like, well, I read the same text as you, so ha ha, you're, you're wrong. And I found this, this caveat and I found this condition. And so it's very easy to be the blind leading the blind. Um, and, and it's very common, right? Where, like, where people do the whole, like, I, I'm, I'm not anti-WWJDA Mac, wherever you are, because um, he's got the bracelet on. Um, but, like, when, when people say that, like, it's actually, it is a perfect thing to think about. But the question is, so what, what's the answer, right? What, what, is, what is the answer? Um, and so we have to have discipleship um, as humans and I genuinely I know I talk about this too much but I really can't emphasize it enough is that without discipleship you, you can get so lost um, and 
the Lord established a system of discipleship, right? Like when he created Adam and Eve, he didn't create them omniscient. He could have, but he didn't. Um, like omniscient, all-knowing, right? They were, they were compelled to be taught, right? They had to learn. They, they, they weren't born just knowing. And he could have. God really could have just said, zap, here you go, you know all things, and, and go. But there's a sense of needing, of belonging, of, of, of one another, um, and God gave law and prophets. He didn't say, no, they'll figure it out. No, he, he actually actively did. And he gave them prophets. He gave them judges. And the, what a judge's job was, actually, was to rightly divide the word of truth. The job of the judge was to say, here is the proper application of um, the scripture so that it's not just everybody throwing around opinions. He invented priests. Right? Priest is not a man-made invention. That's not something that like, a bunch of mass, like, misogynists in the church with beards were like, let's find a way to govern the people. Um, it was something that, that God himself established from the Old Testament and, and continued in. Um, and the role of the priest, again, was to offer sacrifices to intercede for the people, but it was also to be able to lead them in the way of righteousness to teach them what is the right way. That is not saying priests have not ever been corrupt. They definitely have been. We know that. There's lots of examples in the Bible. There's lots of examples in real life. I'm probably corrupt. But, um, so I'm not, I'm not coming at you as like, I'm a priest, I'm so righteous. I'm simply saying that this is something ordained by God. Um, and it's not, a, it's not something that, that we came up with to, to cast burdens on the people. In fact, Christ severely disciplines those who are just laying burdens on the people. Um, so he invented priests, he invented justice, uh, judges, um, and gave them a spirit to, to, to lead. And the whole point is I, 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 need, I need to find out how to do something. And again, not to overuse the analogies, but it's clear. Like if you were to walk into like my, my stupidity with the crunches, I didn't know, right? Like that was self-direction, right? I could have avoided the pain. Um, so thankfully it wasn't uh, an irreversible pain, but what if I had actually gone in and, and actually permanently damaged something? That's possible, right? With very good intentions, right? Like it's not like, I, like, I, like a person didn't want to. Um, if your two-year-old daughter like has headaches all the time and is vomiting, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna be like, no, I got this. I know what I'm doing. You have no idea. <laughs> Right? Is it serious? Is it not serious? What, what, what is serious? What should I care about? Is this something that warrants the ER? Is this something that, like, you, 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 you can't just know, right? You, you're, gonna, you're probably going to want to go to a specialist, right? You're probably going to be like, can I see a pediatrician, right? I want to see somebody who specializes in how to deal with kids. Um, it should be no less important for you for spiritual life to do the same thing, um, which is why... The spiritual guide that you go to has to be somebody that has, ex- has experience um, and, and, and somebody that you can see in them the thing that you're looking for, right? Like, like if you're, like, if someone were to come to me for weight loss training, it would, look, it would be funny. Right, they'd be like, oh, "Really, him?" Um, like they, you'd expect to be with like the, the buff guy or girl, right? It, it won't be with someone like me. So, because it would be like, "Well, really, he's not, he's not living that." So, right, and and, and I'm not saying judge everybody, right? Like it's not for you to go and be like, "Oh, that 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 guy's not righteous." Um, 
but there's personalities that match and don't match if you see the way they are. I mean, we can talk about that later if you have questions about it, but you want to go, you want to go to the person that you should, but to even go means you have to have the motivation, right? Like you have to, you have to want to learn. Um, and if you don't want to learn, then, then, then there's no point. But if you don't want to learn, that's, you, you are being anti-gospel. Um, everything needs discipleship, right? Christianity needs discipleship. Marriage needs discipleship. Um, like almost anything you can imagine needs discipleship. And unfortunately in our communities today, this is just the natural evolution of the world right now, is we've gone to an extreme of individualism. And so we've lost what it means to live in community where we would all learn from one another, right? There's, I mean, everyone quotes the whole African thing of it takes a whole village to raise one child, but it, it really did, right? Like it used to be, for example, that when a woman had a baby, like the whole house was breastfeeding that baby. And so people were able to go out, they could have a life, they could, they could rest. Whereas now, like I, I see many women in North America really struggling because they feel totally abandoned and alone. Their social lives are gone. They don't know how to deal with the hours. They're not sleeping at night. They, like, they're constantly having their kid grabbing at them. That's not fun, right? Like, this is what happens. There was a discipleship. When, when, when you had, for example, um, I've seen this in, in Egypt, when the whole family lived in one apartment building, right? When the couple would fight, because all couples do fight, right? There'd be immediate discipleship, right? Because there'd be, like, the dad being like, take it easy, son like you're you're pushing it i i messed up with this one royally when this happens shut your mouth right and and like like this is not it and then and the mom could come and be like how do you you know like guys they're just they, they have an ego and just <laughs> all that kind like it, it's real stuff and it and, and it, it was helpful like have people afloat and there'd be a teaching and it also made like the young couple respect something and the older to be like so then what do we do Right, as opposed to the whole like, no, we're not telling anybody our problems are our problems and everything is secret and no, until it explodes and then suddenly that's why we're seeing really high levels of divorce even within the church and we didn't used to see things like that, right? So discipleship is necessary. If you think that you know everything, that's scary, right? Like you, you should be afraid if you think that you um, know everything. Um, because you're, you belong to a tradition, okay? Um, I know it's really trendy today to be like, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. That's complete nonsense. Um, in the sense that, what does that even mean? Okay, like, um, because a spir spirituality means that you believe off the bat that there's something called the spirit, which is a tradition, okay? Um, and if you are saying, I'm spiritual, what does that mean? Are you practicing random customs? Okay, even if you bought the yoga pants from Lululemon and, and do, do your stretches, those aren't random stretches, okay? Like, they're, they're, that comes from a tradition, right? So what you're really saying is, I don't like structure, okay? I just want to be carefree. Like, okay, that means what you're saying is, I want to be self-willed, and I don't want a community, except for a community that agrees with me and tells me that I'm right. Um, that, like, that's not what you're intentionally saying, but it, it is what you're, what you're saying. I know that there are some people who have had very negative experiences um, in institutions. I get that. And so for that, some of them, it's a reaction of saying, I don't want to belong to that. Um, but it's, the, the acceptable solution is not to say, I'm going to wing it. Um, I don't need you all. That is completely opposite of, of what, um, what our tradition teaches us. So because you belong to a tradition, 
you can't just come in and, and randomly do it. Like imagine if you took over somebody's like medical office and they're like, hey, can you like reorganize like, organize these files? And be like, yeah, I've decided alphabetical is lame. That's so like fifth century. Um, like what we're gonna do now is um, hot patients and cold patients. Yeah. <laughs> right? And be like, no, that's the new system. It works well, I know exactly where they are. It's not about you. Right? So you enter in on a tradition. You might have suggestions for it. You might have improvements, might be evolution to the system. That's fine. But you enter into a tradition and you work from what's existing. You don't just come in to destroy it. That's arrogant. Right? You should ask the people who are there, so what, what is the system? Right? And how did you arrive at the system? Because this, this didn't come out of a vacuum. Right? This came out of experience. It came out of knowledge. Right? It came from somewhere. And this is what you're looking for in discipleship is... Where do you come from? What do you know? What can you teach me? Because we don't grow up in a vacuum, right? And so, like, why I'm constantly going to the fathers, the desert fathers, is saying, okay, they were, they were the school, right? Is that Jesus said, here are the principles, our Lord said that, and then they're saying, okay, we're, we're the lab, right? We're going to see how, do, how does one acquire patience? How does one acquire virtue? How did, how did these people deal with these different situations? Um, there are ways that are tried and true, so why, so one shouldn't think that it's necessary to reinvent the wheels. And it's, in a sense, it's, we've had centuries of people giving us best practices um, so that we can, we can take them and, and, and work from them. And when you get the principles, then you know how to apply them in a modern context of saying, okay, in this context, this was reflected in this way, right? Now our context looks like this, so how can I apply this um, where we are right now? Um, like, again, let me throw another example. Let's say your, your spouse tells you she can't handle how friendly you are with other women. What do you do? Right? Are you going to just say, okay, well, she needs to get over it because she's insecure? That's an option. And say, no, 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 no. Since I met her, she's always had insecurity. And if I bow, if I, if I bow down on this one, she, she gets her way on everything. Um, and it's time for her to, like, to realize that I, I need to have some autonomy. Or are you going to say... I ought not to message her because I just don't want to upset her, like even if it's there, that's an option. Or are you going to say, you know what, let's, let's have an agreement about how much can I text. These are all different options, none of which has an intrinsic sin to them, theoretically. Maybe the first one is a bit of judgmentality, but theoretically it's not necessarily, it could be true objectively, it could be. And so how do I rightly apply the gospel, right? And so you you have to go to somebody who, who knows, right? You don't, you don't just make it up, right? If your neighbor's like, man, my stomach's hurting, like, oh, for sure, that's like your appendix. Let me get the YouTube video. Like, I got it. Like, like oh, it didn't work. Oh, and you got infected. Um, I don't know, man, right? And like, like, that's dumb. Like, that's really dumb, right? So I don't know why, for some reason, we think with spirituality that that's okay. Right? And we'll say the dumbest things. Like, we'll be like, I just don't think Jesus would ever say that. Well, maybe, maybe he did. <laughs> um, right? Or be like, no, he couldn't, he couldn't have meant it like that. Like, Jesus is so loving. Right? And it's just like, yeah, he also kicked the people out of the temple. Like, and he wasn't smiling at all. Right? Like, he, he, it says he, he made a belt. Like, like, he didn't just grab a belt. It says he made a belt and just started, like, whacking things. So what does that mean? Right? Um, he had, he didn't mince words with the Pharisees, right? He wasn't like, oh, they'll come around, you know, just give him a hug, right? Like, like, but w- that's something we have to look at the life of Christ, but then how do I figure out 
how to do it. So you need a person um, who knows you and knows um, your personality. Okay, so like these are, I'm going to be a bit scattered because I just, I don't know how to talk about this because it's more like, I like these more based on questions. Because um, to me, discipleship is something experienced. It's something that I've had the privilege of having throughout my life, but that I don't know how to articulate because it's, it's so obvious to me. It's like somebody like, like asking why, like, why we drink water. Like it's, I don't know how to, to say to them, right? I'm just like, because you, you need water. Um, but the person that from whom we knew disciples, we said one, they need to reflect the way, but um, it should be somebody who knows um, your personality, right? Like my, my own spiritual father, for example, he's known me, my, my current spiritual father's known me since I was 17, right? So he's seen me in ev- like every phase, my dumb phases, my happy phases, my super religious phases, my I couldn't care less phases. He's seen all of it, right? And, and, and this is because this is something that gets built, right? And so when I'm just like, yeah, I'm thinking this, like he knows whether I'm being dumb or whether I'm being serious or whether I'm actually being too hard on myself or whether actually I'm escaping, right? That there's, this is something that, that gets built. Because, for example, a person could go up to a priest and be like, so there's some people who go to the spiritual father as like a, a spiritual eight ball, which is not advisable, um, of like, do I buy the car? Um, and it's like, I don't know, like, can you afford the car? Do you want the car? Like, <laughs> discuss it with your family. Like, uh, but, but it's different when somebody's saying, because they've come a lot being like, I'm getting a car. And then in my mind, it's like, this is the third car you've gotten in two years. Now it's different, right? Like, this is where, like, the history matters, where it's just like, I, th- I think you're a little bit material, what's going on here? And they're getting more and more expensive. Like, are you attached to your money? Is this what's going on? Right? Or another person's like, no, I need, to, I need to serve in another church. And it's like, why? Right? Maybe it's, if you've known them long enough and you know the person maybe has an ego, then it's like, oh, because they're not getting their way here. So maybe what this person needs actually is a little bit of humility, not to just go on every, on every whim. But there's another person, for example, who's like, they would never say they want to leave. So it means that they're extremely hurt. Right? And be like, why do you want to leave? You love this place. And it's like, well, this and this and this and this and this have been happening. And maybe it's actually a place to say, no, you're right. Maybe it is a good time for you to, to go. That's not, what I'm saying is that when you don't have a context, when you don't have somebody who is able to get to know you, um, your, your advice that you receive could be really, really arbitrary um, because the person doesn't, doesn't know you as well as, as they could, right? And so that's why you need to choose somebody who can relate to and that you feel comfortable being in your own skin around, but also somebody that you're going to go a long path with. Right? Not someone that you, that you switch around um, a lot. Um, because what this guy needs to do for you is, is protect you from harm. And like, this is so real. Like, like it really, really is real. Um, there's a famous story in the Desert Fathers of a monk who um, he had to go to the city. And he didn't want to go to the city because he didn't trust himself. He was, he was humble about that. And he was... He, he knew he had a woman problem. So he was like, I'm just worried that if I have the option, I, I, might, I might fall. Um, and sure enough, when he went out into the city, so he told his father, confession, like, I don't, I don't really feel like I want to go. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. So he's like, no, if, if anything happens, call on God, call on, 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 on God and call for me. Don't worry, God will protect you. And so he went out and sure enough, he encountered a lady and she was trying to entice him. And he screamed out. He goes, oh, he goes, oh God of my Abba, 
my brother, my father, save me. And instead, he found himself immediately on the path um, towards um, the monastery. And I know people in this century for whom that has happened, um, like very, very similar things. Um, and because they have a very, very, very real relationship where they were, one person was like gonna die off of the road. Um, the steering wheel had frozen up on him and, and he couldn't steer and it was like a bend and it was going straight over a, like a, a thing. Um, and that's what he screamed, oh God, am I Abba? Um, and, and immediately his steering wheel was doing its own thing. Like he literally was just sitting there and it, and it brought him to, to safety. So the person, when there's a relationship, like there's someone that you need to be comfortable with. I know with my own spiritual father, when I'm faced with warfares, regardless of what they are, I have an agreement with him where I'm just like, I'm going to randomly just shoot you a message. You don't have to reply. Just saying, pray for me because I feel some relief in just having said aloud, I need help. Um, so whether you're applying or not, that's up to you. But I just, I want to be able to call out. Um, and it's a huge comfort to me. And I, and I do find grace from it personally. Um, Those who have no guidance fall like leaves, um, is what Proverbs said. Um, trusting ourselves is something that our father, our spiritual guide, um, saves us from. Abba Dorotheo says, no one is more wretched no one is more easily caught unawares than a man who has no one to guide him along the road to God. That's how intensely they saw this. And so we might think we're well-intended. Like, like, I don't think that everyone's malicious, right? Like, not everyone's trying to be an idiot, right? But we, we just simply might not know, right? Our knowledge is limited, and we often don't even realize how limited it is, right? That's why you probably heard so many people like, oh, the more that I learn, the more I realize I don't know. It is a real thing. Right, is that as, as we pray, it's just like, oh wow, I, 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 I really thought I, I, I got it. Um, and the devil is going to abuse your weakness and the weaknesses of others, right, to, to set things up. And so again, everyone might be very well um, intended and draw a trap. For example, like, I've met like, groups that were like, oh, we want a support group for those of us who are struggling with such and such sin. And my gut personally was just like, oh Lord, no. Um, even though it sounds like a great idea, like we're going to support, we're all human, we all fall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Because in the experience of many others, what's ended up happening is that someone starts saying they have this, people are like, oh yeah, yeah, me too. And then actually, instead of bringing each other out of it, they normalize it, right? And so then suddenly no one's fighting anymore and it's just become a club where we're so open about it, but we do nothing. And actually it it sometimes causes other people who weren't thinking it or doing it to do it. And, and, and it was all well-intended. There's another group for whom it could work, right? And so this is why there needs to be an external guide who knows and understands and can be like, okay, here are the parameters, here's what we should do. Um, but I just feel, I just think, like that kind of statement, um, it shows our trust in ourselves, all these I statements. Um, like St. Mary, she accepted something that made absolutely no sense to her, right? Like St. Mary... When the angel comes, like, she's like, um, I don't get it. Like, I'm a virgin, right? I'm just throwing that out there. It's, it's literally what she's saying, right? And he's like, yeah. The power of the almost high will overshadow you. I, I, she probably had no clue what that meant, okay? <laughs> and she just said, okay. Be, be it done unto me according to your word, right? That, that was what she said. She's, she's remarkable. Um, and I remember... Um, Again, well-intended. There was a, a priest one 
time came to me and was like well intended he's like oh that guy I, just, I want to involve him in the service I'm going to do this and this and this and I'm like that guy is an atheist right I, I happen to know that I knew that the, that the youth was an atheist the priest did not right and so like I mean you can have and the service that he was going to put that that person in would destroy that person it wouldn't be the ones that would have like won him over or like like all that kind of thinking of like oh maybe if I give them responsibility they'll get into it whereas like again the, the priest had great intentions but it would have it could have been a disaster um, or um, one time at a church there was a servant who just wanted to start a new service without asking um, and had decided who uh, who was going to run the service and went to that person and said we're going to have a women's meeting and you're in charge of the women's meeting and it's like um, you, 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 did you want to ask anyone about that first right because maybe this person's not in a good place right now um, maybe this person's not totally solid in their teachings and so if there's a wrong teaching and that gets corrected she's going to feel victimized and then this thing that you thought that was going to make her feel important and welcomed and all this stuff it might become the reason why she doesn't ever want to come again um, and you set her up for failure right and so again like it, it can be an extremely well-intended thing of, 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 of all this stuff but it could go um, the wrong way we need to be able to admit our weaknesses right and this this is what gives us liberty right is being able to say out loud what's wrong with you not as, as opposed to wanting when to hide what's wrong with you like I'm I'm maybe overly frank with my spiritual father I'm like I'm this um like like I'm not I'm not interested personally anymore I was at a certain phase of my life of being like I know I'm not supposed to think this and don't worry I didn't think that I was thinking exactly that or I wouldn't have needed to say that um but um but really what I'm actually thinking is like you know like blah 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 and it's just like no you're thinking that so now like there's no point now it's just like I'm thinking this Right, because sometimes you might want something that's not wrong and you're sinful in it. Right, like so maybe you're called to a particular service, for example, and you have an ego. That's possible that they both exist at the same time. Right, so some people are afraid to admit that they have an ego because they're worried that the person is going to say, Don't do it because they want to do it. Right, where it might be like, Okay, do it and we have to keep your ego in check. So here's going to be what we're going to look at. Right, but you have to be able to to open up and not be afraid. There's a really beautiful story of St. Macarius. I'm talking about him a lot because it was his feast yesterday. Um, but St. Macarius, there was, there was a monk who had become a hermit. Um, and he wasn't doing well. So St. Macarius was sitting and he would see the devil going up and down. And he would visit the brothers. One day he saw the devil particularly happy. And he was like, where were you? He was, oh, I was at Father So-and-so's house. Um, and he's like, he's great. Like, he's in my pocket. Um, so Macarius like, hmm, okay. So Macarius goes to visit him. Um, so Macarius visits him. He's like, so how are you doing? He's like, great. Nothing could be better. Like, oh, no struggles. Like, everything's going fine. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pray for me by your prayers. Thank God everything is, is smooth as butter. Um, so he's like, oh, you're so lucky. You know, because... I sometimes struggle with pride. Um, and the guy was like, yeah, yeah, me too. 
Um, and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I have like fornication problems. And I was like, yeah, me too. Um, and he starts listing all of these, these issues as his own, which he like, I'm sure we carry his mental on some level. And the guy like is confessing, having no idea. He's like, yeah, me too. Um, and he was like, yeah. And you know, sometimes when I get that, here's what I do. Um, and, and injected like a little bit of guidance. Um, and went back to his cell. And so the next day, he sees the devil coming back, and the devil's miserable. He's like, what's wrong? Because um, <laughs> um, he was bullying the devil, but he, he could do that. Um, and he was like, everything that guy was doing, he stopped. And he's like, I don't know what happened. Um, and so there's the... the the person got relief from the Abba, right? Because Macarius was the father of that whole region. And, and the Abba is offering a, a balm or a remedy to the person um, who's coming to them. Because the whole point, as we talked about yesterday, was learning how to deny our will, right? Abba Dorotheos said the will is a brass wall standing between God and man, right? Is that... Often our biggest obstacle to God is, is our will. Um, and so if all you hear is yourself, it's going to be very difficult to hear the voice of God. Right? And that's why you do need the outside voices. Um, because, I'm, again, I just, stories are the best way to kind of make these points. Um, there's two stories of almost identical beginnings, but completely different endings. And you've probably heard both of these stories. I'm going to tell them anyway. Um, the first is the story of a monk who um, was very zealous. He had a father confession and was into the tazbah and all that stuff. And one time in his cell, as he was praying, an angel appeared to him um, to pray the Psalms with him. And they're like, oh, blessed are you, holy one, for you have found favor with God, and God has sent me here to comfort you. And he's like, wow, this is nice. Um, so he goes to his father confession, and his father confession, who has discernment, is like, something's funny about this. Um, so he's just like, well, that's very beautiful, but I, I don't feel right about it. I, I, I'm worried that this might be something demonic, Habibi. So maybe, like, don't, don't seek this and, and pray. So the guy left, he said Hadr, he said okay. When he left, he had the sense of, no, it was real, and Abuna just, he doesn't, he doesn't get it. Um, and so the angel appeared again, um, and started paying more and more. He's like, don't worry, your father confession doesn't get it, but the Lord has still sent me to, con- like, to, to guide you and to be with you. So every day he'd have this angel coming and praising. He slowly started removing himself from because like, no, I'm going to pray in my cell with the angel um, who needs these guys, right? And so his brother started asking him, being like, dude, where are you? Like, like we miss you. Um, it would be cool. Like, you don't come out anymore. You're not at prayers. You don't eat with us. Like, like, and he's like, oh, just pray for me. You know, I'm, I'm seeking the Lord. Um, and they're like, okay. Um, so they went and, <laughs> and told the Father Confession, like, yeah, I know, but he stopped talking to me, so we'll see. Right? So he started keeping it a secret from his father confession. And things escalated more and more and more and more until the angel says, you've reached the stature of Elijah and the Lord is sending a chariot to receive you tomorrow. So tomorrow at four o'clock when the bells ring for Tazbaha, for the praises, you need to be standing on the, the wall of the monastery um, to be ready to be taken up by the Lord. 
Um, and he was like, wonderful. Um, and so he goes to the walls of the, of the monastery, the bell's tool, and he sees a great fiery chariot coming for him. And the angel says, jump on. And he jumps and he hits the ground. Um, and there's two almost identical stories, one that happened in the last century, in the 20th century, and there's the almost identical story, the, the monk's name in the old story was Huron. Um, in, the, in, the, in the one that happened centuries ago, he died. Um, in the one that happened, and, and if you have read, there's a booklet by um, Amber uh, Macarius um, of Inminia. Um, that's in English, you can find at the bookstore, Stories from the Egyptian Desert. Um, he was like, no, these are in the monastery annals of this year, like the ones that are recorded in historical they have. Um, so this was last century. He lived um, and repented. He, he died a few days later, but he at least was able to realize he was, he was an heir. So that's one extreme. And that's where he went with it. Whereas there's another monk when an angel came um, to see into his room and appeared actually as Christ. Um, and it's like, I'm here. Uh, no, this one was the angel, that was not Christ. Um, blessed are you, blah, blah, blah. And, and the monk, and he wasn't even joking, he just looks at him and he goes, I think you got the wrong cell. Um, he was like, the holy monk is in that one. Um, and because of his humility, the devil vanished, right? He was exposed. But what I'm saying is that if you don't have a guide, like, how are you going to discern? Right, like if you if you and you think that and and, and, and like th- these are this is a monk, right? This is somebody who's supposed to be very spiritual. Somebody who like that this person was was completely um, deceived. Um, when you have an outside eye on you, um, there's somebody who's seeing the whole picture. Like the story I said earlier with the whole like cigarette thing, right? That Abuna could tell me like, no, Habibi, there's something bigger than this going on right now, right? Like. That pair of eyes that gets it was so valuable to me, right? Because it even increased my trust that when that temptation came, I wasn't afraid to go to Buddha and say, you know, you're right. Like, like, like and this is getting intense. And you called it. That made, it gave my confidence in his ability even more because it was exactly what he anticipated, right? Because he, because he gets it, because he's experienced. Um, so your duty is to select an Abba, Okay. Um, and when you choose one, there has to be faith and submission to that person, um, that you do what's asked of you. And I want to make it very clear that the role of a, of a spiritual father is not to just dole out orders. Okay. That's not, that's not the objective. Um, the idea is that just like there's a regimen for training, there's a regimen for spirituality and that gets tailored based on who you are as an individual. Okay. That it's not just a rote general thing. There's nothing wrong with saying, well, here in my experience is a good starting place, but it does need to be tweaked as, as things go. Because um, spiritual obedience is very different than secular obedience. Um, in the sense that you're not called, this is not the monastery, right? So you're not called like, the, the, like by, to have a, a priest who's like, okay, this is, I'm going to regulate your whole entire life. Y- you could ask for that. Like you have to ask for that. But that's, that's not the idea here. Right? So you have a mind, you have an intellect, it's a voluntary obedience, and you have every right to disagree and to argue. But the idea is that if you view the person as, as, as an expert, 
that there's, there should be some degree of like, I'll do what you want. Like when you go to the doctor, you don't off the bat when they write your prescription, be like that's the dumbest prescription ever, I'm not doing it, right? Right, like, try it. Um, but if you come back and be like, I can't handle that one, the side effects for doing this and this and this. I'm like, okay, well here's another drug, it's not as effective, but it, it could work. Or um, actually there is no treatment other than this, so it's gonna hurt like hell for two weeks, but like, like hang in tight. And here's, there's, there's all of these aspects like of it. Um, um, you have to want the word of God. Um, there's some scary words um, in the Bible. Um, there is a king who really hated one of the prophets because he didn't like when God said no, so he hated the prophet. So he sent to like a billion different prophets, fake prophets, because he wanted a certain word. And our Lord says, I have put lies in the mouths of my prophets because you don't want my word. Um, and so he didn't literally put lies in their mouth. What he did is saying, I'm not speaking. So anything that's coming out of their mouths is just them, not me. And he got what he wanted. And then finally he brings the real prophet of God and he goes, say what you're going to say. You never have anything nice to say. And he was like, what do you want me to say? Go for it. Um, can I say other than what the Lord has said? Um, and he was like, you're, you're going to go to battle, but you're not going to return alive. Like, you've already decided what you're going to go and do. And surely he, he, he died that day. Um, so... When you choose, you need to submit to that and be honest with that because that's part of the relationship um, and not opinion shop, okay? Because if you're opinion shopping, that's what's dangerous because you're looking for a yes man. Um, and if you're looking for a yes man, then you're not looking for discipleship. You're, you're looking for your will, okay? And again, the whole concept is, is the opposite. Um, I don't want to go through all of this. Um, I'm just going to bring up some like, examples because I just think it's, it's, it's easier. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I grew up in a church where discipleship was, was so real. Um, and it was the cornerstone of everything. Everything. And, and it made the whole church flow. Like, within, even within our services. Because we were... I was linked to the, to the guide and those who I served were linked to the guide. There's a, a continual flow and there was a trust that got, that got built, right? And so I, when I came to California, I was actually surprised by something. I'm just going to be really honest. I'm, like, I, was, I, I think I maybe was negative at the beginning when it happened because I didn't understand it because I didn't understand why people weren't asking things. And it wasn't because I wanted to be asked. I just thought it was weird that people didn't. Right, like where there would be somebody who I, I thought would be like a son in a confession, for example, and then she'd be like, "Oh yeah, did you know? Like, like I'm so happy that so and so like him and her like, like they're a really good couple." And I was like, "Who? Um, he's dating who? Um, oh, that's totally news to me." Um, and then when I would bring it up, it was like, "So is is this is this a thing?" And then it'd be like the sheepish laugh of like, "Yeah, like I'm one of the guys that's just supposed to like." giggle that he's got a girlfriend it's like did, did did you want to talk about that first whether that's a good idea right now um because it's not right like um and 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 
And, the, and the, I think the person was taken aback that I was bothered that I wasn't asked. Because to that person, the spiritual father, it was just another opinion among many opinions. And so it's like, oh, no, that's not how this thing works. Um, you, you definitely have a free will, right? But it's like saying, I want you to train me to be an Olympian to the trainer and being like, but um, I just want you to know that I am going to eat whatever I want. So it's like, okay, that, that's your right as a human being. But this training thing is not going to work. Um, because like diet is part of it. I mean, we can negotiate, we can talk about your diet, we can try and tailor to what you can and can't handle, but, but your whole, I'm going to do whatever I want, doesn't work because this, this thing doesn't affect one thing. There are so many things going on here um, in your life, right? Or, for example, somebody would be interested in monasticism and be very upset about an opinion that I have about it. Um, or be like, uh, why are you angry, right? There's nothing wrong with having a discussion or disagreeing, but why, why, why are you angry and I've, I've been in those shoes too but I'm saying that it's going to depend and I'm not saying wow but I'm saying I didn't understand it because I grew up with discipleship so to me that was it was a given it wasn't something that I that I that I felt but because it might it wasn't the environment that was in all the churches I'm saying that's what I'm not bothered by anymore because I didn't realize that many people didn't have that um I didn't I think people didn't don't realize what they're missing out on Right, because like, like I struggled with monasticism, I really wanted to do it. So my priest didn't let me for years. I learned so much from that whole experience, right? And that in hindsight, I'm like, I wouldn't have it any other way, right? Because when when it happened, it happened in the right way, um, and and it gave me security, it gave me confidence. Where I'm just like, I wish everyone to have this, right? In the same way that if someone gets married, I want them to have confidence, right? That they're not the day after the wedding being like, I think this might have been a mistake. Right, like, because like, it's scary and it happens, right? And it's petrifying, it's petrifying because you're like, but this is permanent, right? And it and it and it rocks you, right? And so the 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 value of God. So you like, should you should you ask about a job? I think you should, right? It depends on how you view things. If you don't view things spiritually, and I and I really don't mean that in a negative way, but since you're not spiritual, you don't ask. But I mean, if you are able to see the whole world spiritually, you will see a necessity to talk about those things. And it doesn't mean that the person guiding you is gonna comment on every single one, right? It's about seeing the whole person and your thought process, right? Where it might be like, yeah, so we're thinking of moving, and the person might be like, okay, cool, like, like hopefully that goes well. Versus, like I said, when the person knows the whole person of being like, wait, why? Right, like is that, like you, you, you start to, de- to develop those things, right? Or um, asking about whether, like where to go to school. Right, I, I did care to ask, right? Like, like if there's a, a guy who's going somewhere and it's like, okay, this is the most prestigious school, but it's also the party school. And, and, and you're a party person, right? Like, is this the best idea for you, right? From spirit, like, cause what's coming first to you, right? God or, or the school? Because maybe you should go to the school that's not so stellar and sacrifice that, lay down your will for that, um, you're still going to get the degree, and say, Lord, for your sake, I preserved myself, right? Now, like, you can be sure of blessing in that, as opposed to saying, well, no, I'm going to just do this, it doesn't matter if I do or don't, right? So I'm saying, your, your questions that you ask depends on the way in which you view your life. The idea is not for the priest to say, no, here's the school you're going to go to, Okay? The idea is not for them to say, here's what house you're going to buy. That's not, that's not, that's not healthy. Okay? Like, like if, if, when that starts happening, that's, 
swallowing up the person in front of you and turning them into mini you or say that that is not right like that like flat out is not right okay it's supposed to guide you through your personality with your characteristics to try and find out what is your language in approaching god to help guide you towards that right and and your spiritual guide might have a completely different gift than you um like they like maybe like i'm i have a certain personality and there are some people who like people who are very different and, and can work well with me and there are others who don't and that's totally valid right like like, like there's not and it's, it doesn't mean that you're bad or that the priest is bad or whoever is bad it's, it's a matter of saying no i just i need to know that they that they get me and that they can guide me towards that way um so the the guidance teaches you things um I've told these, some of these stories a lot, but I'm just trying to get, give you the sense of what you get from, from guidance, right? Like, I had a kid call me one time when I was a servant. Um, I was working, I was renting like a, an apartment, and this guy from another city um, called in like two or three in the morning being like, can I come crash at your place? Um, I got in a, I had a huge fight with my parents and they kicked me out. And I was like, let me get back to you because I, I actually care to ask first. I woke up my priest at three in the morning. I called him and he was like, absolutely not. My gut instincts was, this is the gospel, open your doors. Like that, that was genuinely what I thought. I was, my inclination was, no, come on in. Um, and he was like, no, tell him to go to his family. Like he has relatives, tell him to go to his relatives. So I was like, okay. And I was actually a little, actually disappointed <laughs> um, in Abuna's answer, but he was right. What I didn't know is the person was addicted to drugs Right? And the person was stealing from everywhere he went. If he had come, he wasn't going to leave. Um, and he was like, no, it is important for family to deal with family. Um, and he was like, it's not about... Like, and I know that this priest opens his house. That's why I was really like, surprised. Right? But he knew when to open and when not to open. He's had experience. Right? So he was like, that's not, that's not the right time. He's like, family does something. Because family can yell and scream at each other. Family can tell each other like it really is. You're going to have no idea how to say no to this person at some point. You're not going to have the heart to say, you need to go. And if you do, you lost him, right? But he hasn't lost family, right? If the family kicks him out, he's not, like, family's still going to end up fixing it because they're family, right? So I would never have thought that, right? I never would have gone that route. I would have been like, no, 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 the Christian thing to do is to always be nice and, and, and open up. Um, One time, I mean, atheism is a thing now. Atheism wasn't that big of a thing. It was just starting to be a thing, like, near the end, like, the beginning of college for me. Um, and so I was really into it because my own battles and readings and philosophy and all this stuff. I was like, when do we need to have a talk about atheism? I was like, nope. And I was like, what do you mean, no? And he was like, no. He was like, I hear their confessions. Thank you so much for your concern. This isn't an issue right now. I don't want to introduce it to them as an issue. Um... So I was like, okay, fine. Um, and I was, whatever, I was, I, my ego was bruised. Um, five, six years later, the same priest was like, come give a talk about atheism, right? About they're knowing the right time and season. Right? They're saying, no, now it is on the radar. Now it is something that they're dealing with. And so now let's talk about it openly. I'm not against the topic. I'm against corrupting the children with something that they weren't thinking about, exposing them before their time to something that they're not, they're not struggling with. So... Um, I'm going to skip the rest of it. Discipleship is, is everything. 
Um, if you don't have a guide, you must seek a guide. We have something like 60 priests in the diocese now, okay? Um, many people ask, does a spiritual guide have to be a priest? The absolute answer is no. Um, the practical answer in my, in my personal view is, is yes. And, and the only reason why I'm saying that is, it's like there are many fit people who could teach you how to be fit, but it's different when a person is a certified trainer um, in the sense that there's a, there's a minimum level that's supposed to be expected because it's not easy, because most of us are not very spiritually developed, we don't even know how to evaluate whether somebody's good at it or not. It's not like fitness where you can look at someone and just see it. You, you, you can't just look at someone and, and know. But what I would say, so I, like, I, I've talked to a lot about Tansamira before. I, I saw her as a spiritual guide, right? And like, it's not even about gender. Um, but the guide has to be older, in my view. Um, it's not an absolute. It's not an absolute, but it, I would encourage it. Because it's better for the person to be further than you are on the path, right? So that they're not telling you stuff as they figure it out. They're, they're, they're teaching you from the hindsight where, where you are as they themselves are moving forward, right? So that's something that I think matters. Um, paying attention again to the, the spirit of their, of, of their personality, of how they present and, and all of these things. But if you don't have a guide, get one. Okay, like, like that, that's your, your homework. If, like, if you don't have one, you, you must get one. Um, be consistent with them, be regular with them, communicate your expectations to them, um, and tell them, this is what I'm looking for. I want to grow. Um, I don't know how to do that. Um, and, and, and wrestle with them, right? Like my priest, um, for like the like first, like first few years of when I was actively, actively, I was confessing since I was six, but like, when I started getting into it, I'd be confessing and he would be sitting there with his legs crossed reading the Karaza. And I got so heated. Um, so after like a few visits of it, I just stopped talking. Um, and I got really bold. Um, he put the Karaza down and looked at me and was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, when you're finished. Um, <laughs> and I regret it. Uh, <laughs> Because he put the closet down and he was like, you've been doing this for this long now. Um, and he like spewed out everything. So what he was doing was he thought that I was uncomfortable confessing. So he's like, maybe if I pretend I'm not listening, he'll feel okay. And, that, and I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> well, in that case. Um, but that's what I mean is like, but, but I, I challenged him, right? Like it was not comfortable. But that's how, again, that's how the relationship grew. Right? And like, even after, like, many come in, like, when have I been confessing the same sin this long? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Or, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Or, like, yeah, because you're doing, like, that's the whole point. Don't be afraid to, to challenge it and be like, I need more than the prayer. I want this. Um, and if they're not able to give that, that's okay. Again, it might be that it's not the right fit, and that's okay. Right? Then it's okay to find your own. But as much as you can, stick with one person for as long as you can. Um, there might come a time in your life where that needs to switch, um, whether because of necessity, because somebody moved. Like in my case, I you know, abandoned a lot of people. But um, sometimes it's because in a certain phase of your life, somebody was the most appropriate. Um, and in another, but at another phase of your life, they're not. Um, where it's like their, their expertise is now not the area of life that you're living in. 
So feel a freedom with it, because if your intention and your will and desire is to be instructed, um, the Lord won't. And, and that's why I'm gonna, I'll, I'll end this and open up to questions with like a simple story is, is the story of St. Samuel, um, the, the prophet. Um, my priest always uses an example, and I, and I loved it, because he was like, Samuel heard the voice of the Lord, but he didn't know it was God, right? He had no idea that it was God. And so he woke up and ran to Eli and was like, you're calling? And he's like, no. And after the third time we know the story, Eli says, that's God, right? Next time he, he calls you, um, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And he did. And the first thing God told Samuel is, I'm going to kill that priest. Um, he was like, that guy has ruined the priesthood, him and his kids. Um, Eli was a rotten priest. But it was a rotten priest who discerned the voice of God. Okay? And so what Abuna was trying to say to me was, it's more about your disposition towards the guidance than it is even about the priest who guides you. Um, is that God's not going to hold you accountable for what the priest might be doing wrong. Okay, so like, even if you think that the person in your area isn't the best, isn't the guru, isn't the whatever, which is a little bit overrated because all of us are weak, um, feel confident that our Lord's promise that if you seek me, you will find is real, right? And that God will give you in spite of the person who sits before you, um, no matter what. Um, glory be to God forever. Any questions about that topic? Because I have the general questions that I hear. I am. The mic in here. Um, oh, I have two questions, I guess. So one of them is, do you foresee for this long relationship between the guide and the person being guided, um, if they are, if the guide is way too involved in the person's life, do you see any psychological problems down the road as a result of this? When the guide is not available, or when he's old, or dies, or something, I don't know. Um, and the second question is, if you're looking for something specific, out of, like, if you have a goal, a spiritual goal, and you don't know how to go about doing it, don't you need someone who is living that, which is what you're saying, what you said earlier, I thought, yeah. how does that match with what you said at the end about the rotten priest who like knew the voice of God but maybe he wasn't he didn't have the same like gifts that Samuel had. Right. So I'll answer the second one first, right? So my point there is to say if you can't find that right, because it can be dangerous because you don't want to judge every priest either, right? And be like, oh but that guy doesn't have love. Right, because I'm, I, I, I might be, I might, I might be judging. I might not be. Right, it might be the truth. Right, but it's possible. And so what I'm saying is that rather than spending too much time judging, um, or assessing, um, or evaluating, they're saying that in the event where I've looked all around me and I don't, I don't see it, I'm saying, well, then go to what's available, because then God will work in spite of them. Right. So like he'll he'll still be able to give you what you're looking for, because. It's about you, right? It's not about it's not about the priest, right? Um, does that answer the second? I think. I think so. So you're saying even if the person the priest isn't like on that path, mm -hmm. go with what's available. 
Like, right. So, like, I'll make up an example. Let's say I'm like, no, I really want somebody um, who had has the immigrant experience. Just like, like, make up something more, like, less like worrisome. Right. So I feel like I need somebody who knows what it's like to be an immigrant, and and I happen to be in an area where that's zero. Every single one of them has been. None of them have been an immigrant. Right. Then the thing that I think that I needed. What I'm saying is that God uh, just go to go to the go to the non-immigrant. Right, because that's what's available, not because, like, because they're good no matter what. I'm saying, unfortunately, that's not available, right? So then it's like, Lord, you know what I was looking for. Please give me the words that I need, because what I'm doing is actively just trying to deny my will, so that I don't go just off of my own whim. So my intentions are only to cut the will. So please give me what I need, um, and and I, I really do believe that that He does that. Um, but he'll he'll answer somehow, right? He's not he's not gonna um, he's not gonna forsake people. As to the first, that's definitely a possibility, right? Like that's definitely a possibility. There are very unhealthy spiritual relations, um, and they can happen in, in spite of people. They can happen by accident. They can happen because there's a, like just because of the tekiba, the, the constitution itself. There's so many reasons that that can happen. And so people just need to be attentive. If a person feels like something's going wrong, they can always bring it up in the context of the relationship and they can always go to an outside person and say, this is how I view it. Um, and, and get advice from someone else and say, am I overreading? Because even like, let's say a person, let's say the person is even mistaken in their assessment. It almost doesn't matter because perception is reality, right? And so the right thing might be to switch and say, this isn't healthy. But what would be worth seeing is what is the trend? Because if, if let's say that happens like five times in a row, then it's like, no, then there's something, something is off here because it can't be that every single priest had the, the issue, right? But um, and again, that's why I'm just like, take your time. Like, take your time choosing a spiritual father. Um, like, there's no rush in it. Because again, if a person's not just opinion shopping, there's no harm in being like, no, let me see this person, let me go see this person. And then when you're fully comfortable, then to, to stick. I went through that because I had the same follow confession for 25 years of my life, right? It was the only follow confession I ever had. But when I went to a monastery, suddenly things changed. Um, and so when I, when I left, it was the first time I'm like, I had to choose. Um, and I didn't immediately settle on one. Um, I benefited from every single person that I went to. I'm finally um, w- with who I'm comfortable with. But... Um, I, I didn't feel ashamed that I was trying, right? Like, there's one person that I went to, and like, this person is deep, very knowledgeable, but way too friendly for me. Um, because me growing up, like, I, I'm, I don't, I'm a jerk, and then I talk, but maybe I'm a jerk in confession, you could say. Um, <laughs> but, like, my style of confession, what, what I do with people is actually much nicer than what I want um, in, in my confessions. Because growing up, my priest was, like, 30, 40 years older than me. So like he was always an elder to me, right? So I, there was no such thing as young priest, right? And so, so when this person, when this priest was being friendly and fatherly, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Um, like it's, it's not wrong with him. It's actually a beautiful thing in him. I'm like, no, I want the guy who's like, you're dumb. Um, and so <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna go to him and I'm gonna talk to you for advice about random things. And I do, I still call him. Um, and I consider him a spiritual father. He's just not my, my Abba. Right, and so, and actually, my my Abba knows about him, 
right? And so, because I told him, right? And so, actually, sometimes because my uncle is a monastic, um, and he, he he served for a little bit, but he doesn't anymore. Um, sometimes he says to me, "Go ask um, a woman so and so that one," um, because he's he's immersed in the service. So that's that's up his alley. He's like, my, my view is this, but I might not get it, right?" So it's possible. Just I like I said, take person should take their time. Not be too worked up if it didn't work out right away, um, or if it didn't work out at all with that person at all, right? And just be like, okay, the Lord doesn't want this relationship for me for whatever reason. Um, that's when, like, and like we said about the whole suffering thing, as long as I'm, it's not because of something I'm doing, I should I should do some introspection. Um, and even if I'm doing something wrong, like I said, that's not the end of the world either, because it might just mean we're not compatible, right? So, like the analogy, like I like to use. Because, um, like, there was somebody I, I upset recently, um, unintentionally. Like, the person um, didn't, like, I, 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 I behaved in a particular way that was completely normal to me. The person thought they knew me really well, and they, they don't, and, and, and vice versa. And they were offended. And so, when I was talking about it, we're, we're cool now, but it was just like, because I had no idea what the source of the conflict was. So, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I've got a disease that I, that I, I have, I don't have control that I kick. Okay, and you have a disease that you have frail bones. Okay, they're both diseases, right? Like I have one and you have one. And so these two diseases might not go well together because if I kick your bone and it shatters, like that's permanent, right? Like that, then it's not a good combo and it's not because at all of how bad each person's thing is, right? And so that's why these are things that we have to kind of figure out um, as we go along. And as long as, I, as we always have goodwill, we can move in peace, right? Of being like, okay, no, and I've got her up. And, it, and like, there are some gurus and people that are really famous, and I'm like, I could never confess to that person, and, and people swear by it. I, I, I can't. So, like, again, it's not, there should be no sense of shame or duty or anything. It, like, the objective is I want the voice of God externally so that I don't guide myself. As long as I hold to that, I can feel secure in his response. No problem. Jeremy slash Alan. This is concerning more uh, what we were talking about earlier when you are like uh, turning the other cheek and the acceptance of um, unjust uh, treatment or like you we were talking and you were saying something along the lines of uh, if you're not getting like paid what you want at your job like you leave it alone and I was thinking of a scenario I was talking with, with someone uh, if your friend wrongs you or betrays you or treats you unjustly um, Jesus himself when the Pharisees struck him he asserts and he tells the Pharisees why did you strike me it was a just question to ask me if I have spoken no falsehood then, then why are you doing so um that's a bit of a confrontation. I'm wondering if, if we are treated unjustly, like by a friend in that scenario, um, are we not to confront them? Or are we supposed to, as you say, forgive, forget, and turn the cheek? Is, if not, like, like I said, it depends on your measure of love, right? So I did actually say that I do think with friendships that that there should be a confrontation personally, but. Um, it depends again on my measure of love, if I can forgive and forget or not. Because to me, it's like, if you're able to put it on like, like water under the bridge, genuinely, then there's no need to confront because you're not upset. But if you are upset, if you are hurt, 
I, I would, right? Like, I, I, and, I, and I do personally, like, it, because it's somebody I care about, like, I have more than just an acquaintanceship with, right? But what I would do is not go to, with the person with the accusation, right? Like, it'd be better to be like, um, like what our Lord did. The Lord said, why did you do this? Right? Like, even though he knew, right? Like, he, he offered it as a question to say, like, why is this behavior um, occurring? Because I interpret it like this, right? Um, so that you're also giving room for the other person to say, oh, that is not what I meant. Um, like, I'm sorry that this is how you perceived it. Because a person can't argue with your perception, right? Like, they can't say, no, you didn't feel that, right? Like, actually, I did. Um, and so it's like Starbucks and they're like, you mean Anthony? I'm like, no, I mean Anthony. It's my name. Um, but if, if you're able to say the person, because it hurts me because I value our friendship, right? Like, like make the motivation clear that it's out of love and concern. And then, but what you have to be ready to do is to say, but I will forgive no matter what. Because if the person reacts negatively or says, get over it, or being like, well, you're just whatever, like, is that I have to struggle to say, I'll accept that, O oh Lord, in your name, that even my friend did, because our Lord was turned in by his friend, right? He was backstabbed by, by one of his own. That's who, who made the deal. Um, so I do what I can do with the willingness to struggle to keep the words of the gospel to the best of my ability. So I guess the follow-up to that would be, so if your friend answers negatively or is not responsive to this and decides to continue along this line of behavior despite knowing that it makes you uncomfortable, the advice then is not to, to uh, quote unquote, abandon that relationship, but then as in so much as you can, manage it with the measure of your love, as you say, to continue to forgive and forget the reoccurring instances. Yeah, it's give what you can give, right? That's what love is, right? So you might not be close friends with them after, which is not wrong, because love is not the same as friendship. Love is self-denial. That's why you're able to love your enemy and not like your enemy, right? Like, when, God, when, when Christ gave the example of how do you love your enemies, his immediate example is the Good Samaritan, right? There was no affection from the Samaritan on the guy on the ground, right? There was no, like, he sat him up and had a conversation, was like, you know what, I like you, I'm going to take you, right? It was just, like, the right thing to do is to sacrifice. I'm going to take this guy that I don't like, who is my enemy, and get him cared for. So it's, it's an objective thing. Right? And so, like, liking is not the same as loving. Um, and so, I can be like, all right, I feel like we're not, we don't have as much in common. Maybe we're not in the phase of our lives where we mesh well together, but I have to have goodwill toward the person. Right? I should be willing to give them anything they ask from me. Right? And not be like, well, since we're not friends anymore, I don't give that anymore. Or it's like, no, if you ask for it, I'll give it to you unhesitatingly. Because um, that's the gospel. But I don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to tell them all my secrets. I'm going to chill them the way that I did. I'm going to open up the way that I... Uh, no, that's not, that's not what the gospel calls for at all. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm warning you. Did you see that question? If there's more questions, that's fine. Any more questions? Should I answer some of these ones too? Somebody was talking, was Monica? Go ahead. 
Go ahead. Sorry? Oh, I thought you were asking. Oh, no, I wasn't. I have a few here. Um, are you guys okay with finishing the Q&A or are you guys like checked out? Okay. Um, there's a few questions here. Um, the first one, um, why am I here? I try to come with an open mind and open heart, but I don't feel like it has worked. Um, pray that my heart is changed and open that I return to God in his way. What else can I possibly do to open my heart again? Um, that's a very honest thing to say. Um, you did not hear? Oh, sorry. It's, uh, the person um, wrote, I don't know if this was meant to be private or not, but why am I here? I try to come with an open mind and open heart, um, but I don't feel like it has worked. Um, pray that my heart is changed and open, that I may return to God in his way. What else can I possibly do to open my heart again? This is a, a very honest person. Um, it would be good to spend some time asking what has closed your heart. And, and to be just be brutally honest with yourself because self-honesty is an uncomfortable, really, really uncomfortable thing to do at the beginning, but it's, it's something that helps. Um, why is it closed? Is it a bad experience? Is it, is it doubt? Is it specific doubt? Is it anger? Is it hurt? Um, is it, like, there, there's so many things that it could be. And the only way for the heart to start to open is for a person to find out what is it in me that, that has become cold, right? Maybe it's because I'm, I'm addicted to a certain thing or a certain lifestyle. Um, but there is, there is nothing not, there's nothing without remedy. Like, there, there isn't. Um, so long as a person is alive, there's definitely always hope, and I don't mean that in, in the cliche way. Um, but openness comes from even self-confession. I don't mean even confession to priests, I mean even to confession to the self, of being able to identify, like, what's in me, why, why I'm, I'm cold. Um, I, I, I go through this as a priest sometimes. Um, like, like not, this is not something that, happens to people who are of a particular spiritual level, is the reason why I'm saying that. Um, where even, I was very cold within my priesthood to certain aspects of the sacraments, and it was 100% because of something in my heart um, that, I, that I actually only got released from very recently. Um, and it was, it was a very uh, liberating experience to just finally get off of my chest and realize that things weren't the way that I viewed them prior to opening up. So, um, I, I don't want to sound cliche, but self-confess, open up. Um, if you're willing to talk to myself or Buna Michael, um, feel free, like you can maybe privately talk um, to Jenny or one of them. Um, and just say, like, I'm the person who sent it, I, I need to have time, because I, I don't know if we're going to get to everybody on the list today, that's why I'm saying that, um, but I think it would be good um, to have a conversation. If you're not ready for the conversation, then no problem, but um, plan to have one with somebody. Um, and it doesn't have to be with a priest, maybe there's somebody that you see, a servant that you see that is real, um, because whoever it is you talk to, you need to be able to be real, okay? Like, none of the 
the lovey-dovey like fake stuff you need to say with whatever language you want exactly what you're thinking and what you're feeling um, if you want to see freedom from it freedom always comes from exposure always um, when we hide from something if we don't expose something we're captive to that thing um, which is closer to the way of true discipleship for a person in the world being discipled by the whole community, servants and non-servants, including a priest, father, confession guide, or two, being discipled by only a priest slash priest. It's always all of them. Always all of them. Um, I was particularly speaking to a spiritual guide because that seems to be dying. Like, that's why I spoke about it. Um, and everybody talks about why I don't need one. I'm like, no, you need one. Um, but there's discipleship, obviously, from the community. There's discipleship from from books, there's discipleship from nature, there's discipleship from holy men and women, there's discipleship from non-Christians who you see virtue in at the workplace or at school. There's discipleship everywhere you go. There's discipleship in trees and nature and lakes and rivers and fish. There's discipleship everywhere you look. The whole of creation is a testimony to the work of God. Okay, so discipleship is not limited whatsoever to priest to priest. Um, and I, I'm glad that this person asked that because that's not, that's not my message. Um, what I would say is that you, you, you must have a spiritual guide in addition to um, all of these other ways because you can interpret things in your own way and that could be a not right way. And that's, that's the, the need for it. Um, how can women find ways to be discipled? Um, discipled? I found that guys, particularly deacons, are able to form relationships with priests that facilitate the opportunity to be discipled. What resources do women have for the same guidance beyond confession? I, I completely agree with whoever wrote this. Um, yeah, it's hard, and I, and I really mean it. Like, I wish we had more time Samia's, like, that, that one was, was something else. Um, one, I think, is that we need to revive the role of the presbytera. <laughs> Okay, of the Tasuni. Um, because for some reason we made priesthood all about the guy and it was never just about the guy, it was about the girl too. Um, the Sunnis might not feel comfortable in here, there she goes. Um, <laughs> and she's a really good one. Um, because they have a role too. Um, and that's somebody who the women um, should be able to go to. Um, what I would say is start at least within your communities of looking at the tongues, because I really think it needs to be somebody older, okay? Um, and look for the virtue in them. Look at the people who are at church every week, right? The, like those staples of your, of your churches, right? We all have those people in our mind we know where, exactly where they sit and where they go and what they're like, right? Go to them and, and don't be like, hey, can you be my guide? Because maybe they're not the right person to be a guide. But you could start off as being like, hey, like, did you ever have problems in your marriage? Let's say you're a newlywed, right? Be like, like, I'm struggling with this. I'm wondering if you have advice for me, right? Or it can be like, you always just seem so happy, right? Like, look for their virtue and be like, how are you so happy, right? Like, start by doing that. Um, like actively going out and asking, seeking. Discipleship is something that you initiate. Discipleship is not initiated by the Allah, right? Discipleship is initiated by the seeker, okay? So seek it out. Number two, read, okay? Like, like I'm gonna be straight up, like, I'm lucky that my sister was religious, honestly, because um, we're first generation or second generation, I don't know what we're counted. Like my parents are the ones who immigrated, but if my sister had not been into church, I would not be into church. 
right? She's older than me because I just wanted to beat her at everything, right? So if she was like, if she went wrong, I'm like, I'll be more wrong. Um, I was thinking if you're religious, I'll be more religious. Um, worked in my favor, but um, but because my I, my sister would read, like my sister when she was reading, I'm like, you're not allowed to read if I don't read. Um, and I would just to piss her off because she was younger. I go read the same book she had just read. Um, and she's like, you can't read that yet. I'm like, well, I did. Um, and so read, right? Read. Get like get instruction. You have convents finally in North America. Um, I've heard amazing things about Georgia. Um, not to say the other ones are bad. I, just, I only know about Georgia. Um, but um, go get discipleship from them. So I, I I know one of the one of the sisters from there. She's phenomenal. Um, like like she's she's like she's like a, a youth female priest. Um, like she's she's exceptional. I got to meet her once. Um, great head on her shoulders. Very well read. Right. Go out and seek it. Um, Number three, create communities for your girls, right? What you wish that you had received, give, right? I'm, I'm actually at my home church for years and years and years because before I got ordained, like I was, I was the guy that was chill with the youth and they're always at my house and there's always the guys and we camp, we still camp, right? We do everything together, like the girls didn't have that, right? And so there's always complaints like, this isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. For the first time, like in 15 years, it's the complete opposite. Um, because the girls really like that wish that they had had it now they're doing it and now the guys are like how come the girls like get to do like blah 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 so it's doable so start creating it because what that does is it creates it creates this discipleship um, because there's things that they're going to see in you even if you're not their guide and I don't recommend anybody ever taking on that role even even me as a priest okay my my spiritual father one time when I was talking to him as a priest I was like um so somebody asked me to be their spiritual guide, and he was like, please don't use that word. I was like, which? Um, and he was like, don't, don't ever call yourself a spiritual guide. He was like, they, they can call you that, you don't ever call yourself that. Um, like, and, that and that's gold, like, that, like, like golden advice. So don't ever presume to be their guide, but you will be discipling directly and indirectly. Because when you're out with them, when you're chilling with them, and you're giving them the things that you receive from the books, from the communication, from all these things, you start normalizing that, right? What's happening right now is that the opposite is not normalized. It's somehow gone. So be active, right? Like actually serve them, outreach, outreach your girls, right? Ask them to go out, have them come over to your house, go on camping trips, do stuff with them, right? Because what that's gonna do for you is it's gonna make you realize, oh, I need to ask about these things because I don't actually know how to deal with this thing. Or like, I don't know what the answer is. And then you're going to be going and seeking. So you're going to end up being discipled. And then, then people are going to get used to that image where they're like, oh, I always went to so-and-so, right? We have two or three at, at my home church that always growing up that even I went to a lot. I didn't just go to the guys. Like there was actually Artis Winnie was, was, was legit. She would never let us call her that. But um, I w actually the very few times that I went to and not to my priest for advice, it was usually to her. Um, because she was she was real, so create it, um, seek it, and 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 create it. But I I I I recognize there's an issue, and use your tesonis more, um, <laughs> because they they carry a lot. They're also spiritually experienced, and the God, and, and God when he calls a priest doesn't just call the guy; he calls the guy um, and his and his wife. Um, when we talk about denying our right and ourselves, where is the line between self-denial, 
passivity and being a pushover. Um, no line. I don't think there's a line. Um, because if you know your goal, you're not going to view it in that way. Because you're going to only care about what's right or wrong. So if I only care about what's right or wrong, I'm not concerned about what other people have assessed my action as being. So if I turn the other cheek, it doesn't matter if the person thinks that I'm passive. right? It doesn't matter if the person thinks I'm a pushover because that's not the truth. And it's that simple. So it really just depends on where your mind's at. If you really want to assert a point, then a certain point, but that's not that's not what the gospel is talking about. What's a good place to start if you do care about what people think? Is to ask why, right? Because that will that will expose the thing that you need to struggle with, right? Because it might be like, oh, because image is a big deal for me, right? Um, and so it's just like, okay, so then then that would be one to go to the guide, right? And saying I have an image problem, right? Like I realize this. Um, and so then the, then the guy will hopefully ask more questions because maybe you don't even have an image issue, right? Maybe, maybe yourself with something was wrong, maybe it was right. And then like, okay, well here are the ways in your life you can work on this. From now on, when this happens, we're gonna not do this. Even though the advice might be different to someone else who doesn't have an image problem. Um, and again, there'd be other factors like, is it a position of authority because and if you're in a position of authority and somebody's clocking in late every day and you're their manager, well, that's time theft or that's negligence or it's affecting the whole team, right? And so now, now the question would be, is your issue how you look or is it also that what they're doing is wrong? Um, and then they might both be going on at the same time, right? So that's why I'd be like, then to go get a device. Because like, no, if there's a system, we follow the system because that's an easy objective way to remove ourselves from overthinking. I was saying, here are the rules, right? But if I'm not in that position of authority, then, I, then it's a whole other set of questions. And again, that's why there's a guide. Any follow-ups on that one? Um, does forgiving others mean not standing up for ourselves? Like I said, this depends on your measure of, of ability. So in perfection, yes. In perfection, yes, it does mean not standing up for yourself. In perfection is saying justice belongs to God. I won't look for my own justice. And that would be it. But we are not at perfection. And so this is why you would need, you'd want to go to the guide and say, what can I handle? Right, and when is the right time to leave? When is the right time to answer? If I do respond, what should what should my response look like, um, to the best of my ability? Why do I why why do I say life with Christ is suffering, when life with Christ is opposite of suffering? Because he said it is. Um, it 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 is suffering, but suffering that has meaning, is beautiful. <laughs> Right? Suffering that is meaningless is, is not. But we also said is that at the end of the suffering comes the glory. Right? And so the, the, the good analogy of the Christian life is, 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 is war. Okay? War is not beautiful. Right? Like there's, there's nothing beautiful about war. There are good moments in war because in war there's camaraderie. 
right? There's a sense of, sense of, of fraternity, there's a sense of common mission, there's a sense of common purpose. There's a beautiful thing that happens within the context of war, but the war itself is not beautiful, right? The whole point of the war is to end it, right? Like nobody has a war being like, let's see how long we can keep this going, right? The objective of every war is to end, right? And so the end is the victory, which is beautiful. There is hope, there's inspiration, there's many things along the way, but I, I, would, I, would, I would be contradicting to Christ to say that not to say that being a Christian is, is, to, is to suffer. But the suffering is not that I am a Christian. The suffering is because I am a Christian. Okay, so in case there's a confusion about that. Um, if I'm not clear, feel free to ask a follow-up. Um, when you gave the example about the co-worker flirting, you said we should detach. Did you say to quit? If so, do we quit on every temptation to face? Possibly. But this is, again, why A, there needs to be guidance, and B, there needs to be honest. I'm not saying, here's how to resolve every situation. But if I say, no, I'm not going to be affected by that, I'm just going to go, you might be setting yourself up for failure, right? Because you, you, you know that there's a thing going on, right? And so if you trust yourself to not fall, that's dangerous. So at the, I like I don't I'm, I can't I, I was making up an example. Okay, but if that person was coming to me, I would definitely want them to have tried and exhausted every possible solution other than going to that place, right? So that if they're if they're at that place by compulsion, then we can ask God for grace, right? But I can't say, let me go to the club and Lord help me not to lust. Right? Like, what are you asking? I'm like, oh, God, maybe I'll blindfold myself. Like, 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 be real. Okay? So that's what I'm trying to get at. I'm not saying, oh, my gosh, sin is everywhere. Don't do anything. What I'm saying is be super honest about what are the real things that we struggle with and, 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 and avoid them if you want help. Right? Like, it's like, I don't know. I walked into the weed store. I didn't know I needed to find weed. Right? Like, that's what the store is for. So... I'm, I'm, what I'm really trying to say is, is be real, okay? Don't be um, self-righteous. Don't think you're above temptation. Don't think that you're not prone to falling. Sometimes people are put in situations of suffering, illness, or waiting for something they really want. In those situations, they fight and try to do what's in their hands to solve the problem, i.e. medicine. How do they know when they shouldn't stop fighting and, what is, and that is the Lord's will? They don't receive what they are aiming towards. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in that boat, okay? So um, we ought to do what is in our hands to do, right? And just saying, okay, I, I will use the medicine available to me. I will use, these aren't wrong things. It's not wrong to go to a doctor. It's not wrong. Um, and just be honest with it, right? There's a difference between somebody saying, like, I've accepted this, than to somebody having a death wish, okay? The former one is healthy. The second one is not. Um, so I would just say objectively do to the best of your ability what's available, do to the best of ability what's in your hands, um, talk to somebody who has gone through that kind of suffering um, that's handling it well, um, and have a trust that I can find good in everything. Um, like and, and and there is there is actually a good that can be found in everything. I won't dwell on it 
too long. Um, it feels as if the name of Christ has been proclaimed to all ends of the earth already and that apostleship has served its purpose with perhaps the exception of a few isolated tribal culture, child cultures. Given that our generation has more information at its fingertips than any other point in human history, how do we best illustrate that Christ is the truth and not just our truth, the incarnation? How do we overcome the face of Christianity in the West being a church that has split into thousands of splintered denominations and reveal the truth to those who may be jaded by what has been portrayed as mainstream Christianity? Are Protestants so diverted from the way that they have lost discipleship and need proselytizing as well? Or should we focus our efforts on those who don't believe that Christ is our God? So one, um, like I said, the incarnation. Um, Christianity is founded on a real person. Right, not not a fictitious person, and so the, the your your starting point, in my view, needs to be in Christ, because your your starting point as a Christian is a proclamation that Jesus Christ is God, is that you're saying, I I believe Jesus's claim about Himself, that's the starting point. So if you don't have that conviction, then you won't be able to talk about why this is the truth. Because otherwise, he's just a fable or a cool guy or, or something like that. And there's way more to it. The, the realness of the resurrection needs to impact you to have these conversations. Because that's a historical event that we're confronted with and kind of have to deal with. Right? Like you can't just ignore that something that epic happened. Right? And be like, yeah, whatever, that's just that. So you know, people don't do that, right? People don't rise from the dead in front of you, right? They don't appear to you within walls. They don't walk on water, right? Like there's, there's a whole bunch going for Jesus. Like you should check it out. Um, so how do we overcome the face of Christianity? So I, we often say this whole Christianity is splintered into thousands of denominations, and that's true and not true. And I, um, like, it's true in a, in a, in a, in a practical sense, it's actually false in another sense. Because Protestantism, by definition, is, is saying we're only holding to these things and everybody is allowed to kind of say whatever they want about these. So when they all form a bunch of different groups, they're not really technically new denominations, okay? Even though on paper they are, okay? So it's, 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 it is, it's who, it's, it's what they are by definition, right? They're saying, to be a Protestant, you hold on to these traditions, and then these things are optional. So when they hold, when they function and have groups that say, well, here's a group of us who think this, it's not really, really a brand new denomination, right? Like, it's not like they've come up with like a, oh, and here's a group where we think we can like row boats. And like, like it's, not, it's not like that, right? It's saying, oh no, we're the ones that are the opinion that things go like this. Right, we're the ones who are against this guy. We're the against. So obviously, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. But it's not entirely accurate to make it sound like there are thousands of variations of Christianity. There's not. Okay, really, it's more like orthodoxy. Um, and yeah, we have a division within there: Catholicism and Protestantism. Okay, but the core of all three of these traditions is proclaiming the same truth. Right, the core of all three of these are proclaiming that Jesus Christ is God, and that is not optional. All three of these traditions um, believe in the Nicene Creed, 
That's one of the one of the, the mandatory components. Many Protestants don't know that, but officially all Protestant churches accept the Nicene Creed. Um, and so what I think we ought to do is a work with each other more, um, to be quite honest, um, in love and in dialogue. And I think that dialogue would be a better place to start would not be random conversations, personally. I don't think that's going to go far. I think it would come from serving together. That's my personal opinion um, of, of getting on, on the ground and serving the poor together, of helping the oppressed together. Um, because when we're in a context where we're together, we're able to start off with what is common rather than what divides. And when we start with what's common, we can develop comfort around one another to start talking about the harder issues. Um, but when you start off of like straight into like the dirty family politics, like conversations don't go well, um, and people want to protect positions. Um, what each person needs to do is know why they belong to the tradition to which they belong. Right? There's I respect Protestants, but I am actively, intentionally, and willfully not a Protestant, um, and that's not because I don't like them. It's because I think their doctrine is erroneous in certain areas. I don't think it's completely erroneous, but there are things that I do think are erroneous, and that's why I'm here, right? And so, otherwise, I would be there, right? In the same reason why there's a reason why a Catholic is a Catholic and is not Orthodox. Um, and that is not a speaking of who is bad and who is good and who is righteous and who is holy. There are good and holy people in all three traditions, right? There are very righteous people in all three traditions. But the best way to start is, is by offering love and to know your stuff, right? Like, 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 don't fall into the role of saying the same things in a different way. You know, there's a lot of times we're saying things that are very different. Um, and so know what it is that we believe and why, so that you have, you have an answer. Um, but don't build your faith on why someone else is wrong, okay? Like, like I'm not very pro, like... Um, let's have a sermon about why Protestants are erroneous. Like that, why am I, why am I teaching that here, right? If they don't believe in sacraments, I don't say, here is why they're wrong. Instead, why not just say, here's here are the sacraments, and here's why we believe in them. I don't need to build it on a negative, right? I need to build it on on why someone is wrong because they don't they don't have it. I don't need to be like. Let's, uh, let's have a talk about purgatory to talk about why we think the Catholics might be erroneous on, on this. Obviously, there's exceptions. If there's, if there's a, a wave or a trend of thought where I have to address it, sure, no problem. But just don't build yourself on neg negativity. Build yourselves on the, on the most holy faith. And then the, the last part of it, sorry, was... Oh, there's more that came in. Um, where did the last part of that go? Are the Protestants so diverted from the way that they have lost disciples should they need proselytizing as well? Or should we focus our efforts on those who don't believe that Christ is our God? Focus on, on everyone. But I don't ever have a mission personally to convert any Christian uh, personally. Um, e even though I definitely believe the Protestants are missing something. And I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say that. That's why I'm Orthodox. I do think that they're missing the mysteries, right? Um, but I don't go out of my way to, like, they're Christians. I don't believe they're not Christians, right? So I'm not going to go out of my way and be like, I, I need to win over this, this person, right? Build on, there's a, a Muslim girl that came to me one time, um, 
to ask my opinion about Muhammad, then I, I don't have an opinion about Muhammad. Like if you wanna if you wanna learn more about your prophet, then then speak to your Imam or your Sheikh. I can tell you why I believe that Jesus is God. Right? I'm not here to tell you why I don't think that your prophet is a prophet. That's not constructive. Right? And so if you know why you believe what you believe, it's much more effective because then if you behave the way you ought to behave, then people will want to dialogue with you. Right? And they will want to know and then and, and then you can say, Well, here, here is why I disagree. Right? I disagree because I, I, I see the truth in this, and this is how I arrived at this truth. It's a much more effective witness. And to be honest, we're often just reacting to one another, right? And so there's a lot we have to learn from the Protestants. So like, if I have a spirit of going to them and just being like, here's why I think I'll suck, um, right? That's offensive. But there's a lot they're doing very, very, very well. Right, they're they're immensely successful at their outreach, right? They're extremely good at getting on the streets with people, right? The Catholics are off the charts for their community service. There is no institution on the planet like the Roman Catholic Church when it comes to social services, and all we talk about is their scandals. But there is there is not an institution that gives more than them straight up none. Um, so. Have a spirit not just of let me proselytize, but have a spirit also of what can I learn from everybody else. Because if we approach with humility, um, it is much more likely for people to want to and be able to see the truth. But if we approach with antagonism or condescension, um, you ain't winning anyone, right? That's not, that's not gonna work. Um, any last questions from, from you guys? I know that it's been really long to have them both in a row. Sick buzz. Um, I'm going to be... Um, I'm going to be leaving late tonight because I have to fly back to Canada for school. Um, but um, first of all, thank you guys a lot. I usually argue about coming to this. This is the first time that I was just like, sure, because um, I really miss the diocese. Um, so thank you guys for being so awesome. Um, but also really all these people and the Sony who ran away um, to say thank you we should all give a round of applause for all their work and their efforts and their Thank you for coming out all the way from Canada thank to you. bless us with your presence and to give us these talks so we really want to take our time and um, thank you for everything you've done for us thank you guys